This is a guy I ran into in Union Square. Handsome gallant. He was mm-hmm. offering, he did have a sign offering free massage. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know what, I regarded him as some kind of a creepy joke. And so I just took a picture of him and I didn't even get a massage. And basically about an hour after that, I thought, I realized something. I fucking love massages. You know what I mean? I love massages. And I don't even care if the guy's a creep. He probably has strong man hands that would really feel good. You know what I mean? You like a gentle massage, though. Well, that guy looks pretty small. No, I like... What, because you want to give me some shiatsu thing sometimes when we're in Vegas and it hurts? Yeah, or, you know, Mr. Hansis. Oh, well, that, see, I liked a good Mr. Hansis rub down. Oh, no. That was our um, teacher who may or may not have been a major creep. We still don't know. We know who used to give us major uh, shoulder massages while we were taking, like, math tests. And he would say, hey, why don't we do a reenactment for the camera? <laughs> okay. Mums, do you want to be Mr. Hansis? I'll be, oh, like, yeah, sure, I'll be sure. like, I'm taking... Okay, so I'm taking a, a math test. Do you have a giant onyx ring? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you know, that's some other teacher. Yeah. So you'd be, you'd be just writing away on your test. Luke Burbank. Oh, and man of God. <laughs> that's exactly what he would say. He would start giving you a big shoulder massage, and he would say, "Man of God." And you know what? In those days, I and I think I've said this on the show before. I didn't even care that it was a little on the weird side. I was loving that massage. And I just missed out on a total Mr. Hansis opportunity in Union Square yesterday. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast about a radio show turn podcast called Too Beautiful to Live. Coming to you tonight from the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Ann Lundholm. And I am lucky enough to have with me tonight the woman whose vision brought us all together. It's Christy Wise. Hello, Christy. Hello, Ann. Well, here we are. I love when you do the introduction. You always flatter me so much. Well, it's called sucking up, Christy. (laughs) (laughs) So tonight, uh, it is a Friday. Actually, it's been Friday all day, in case anybody didn't know. And it's the third Friday of the month. And so it's time for our monthly clip show here on the Little Red Bandwagon. We've got a great topic that we're going to share with you. Um. So we'll have a little bit of must discuss. We'll talk about the clips. We'll do our housekeeping and we'll tell you how you can get involved. The topic on the the docket tonight is uh, what I'm calling school days, days with a Z. Of course, right. it's September. Right. September. Kids are back in school. Some of them have been in school for almost a month now, but I thought it would be a good time to get into one of the most important topics in the TVTL universe, school and the things that we did there and how we spent our time. This is not necessarily going to be all about classes and academics, but um, maybe some teacher talk and uh the ways that uh, the TBTL people moved through the universe of school. I think there's some really, really good material to mine in here. For sure. So that should be good. 
So let's have a quick must discuss because it's been a couple of weeks since you've been on the uh, LRB airwaves, Christy. And uh, I know that you and Jeremy have been deep in the thick of doing some house hunting. And I think everybody would love to have an update about what you're doing. Oh my gosh. I wish someone could come and take over my body for... (laughs) We have seen at least 50 houses now. Um, Holy moly. Yeah. They've started to, you know, obviously like they do, start to blend in, all look exactly the same. Some highlights of things that we saw yesterday were a house with a um, murder shack in the back, is what I call it. Um, (laughs) Oh, no. It does the show picture, but it... It's pretty amazing. I mean, Jeremy said there's multiple rats nests, which so I, of course, didn't even go into the backyard. Mm-hmm. Once I hear rat, I'm out. Um, the roof is actually nicer than the roof on the house. There's a skylight. Um, and when Jeremy opened it, he said, if th- if this is lined in plastic, we're getting out of here. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. There's a skylight in the shed? Yes. Yes. With its own. The shed has its own deck. Okay. Like, it, it it had a bench. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> very interesting, this murder shed. Um, we also saw a house that had multiple instances of um, a, some motivational words all stenciled all over the house. Oh, sure. Yeah. And if some, some what, one gem was birds and it says, if you want to fly, give up everything that weighs you down. That's good words to live by. Well, that's true. And another one, another one um, says, may you always have a shell in your pocket and sand in your shoes. And like we said, that's your worst nightmare. You don't want sand in your shoes. <laughs> Wait, sand in their shoes. Was this house near the beach? No, no, not okay. at all. <laughs> it was, that was just stenciled on, into the hallway. Yeah, like you do. Um, so a new thing in house in house selling is they call them pops. So they put um, usually laminated signs everywhere that say, these are vinyl windows or um, like gas stove is good for gourmet cooking or whatever, all through the house. Uh And we found this one and it was, it's had really weird sayings. So this house also had only six pictures, which already is kind of a red flag. And two of them were of this pond. And the third one was of a dishwasher. And so I said, oh, we got to see this thing. Because there's a lot of times when I'm like, oh, no, we need to see this just for the pictures and just for the experience, which is probably why we've seen 50 houses. <laughs> but um, so we go in and the homeowner's still there, which is always super awkward. Um, and she has these pops everywhere. And between two rooms, two rooms upstairs, she has combining these two rooms would make a terrific master suite with walk-in closets and a spa bath thing is there's no bathroom in either of the rooms and there's no bathroom even near so i don't know where she's getting this and like we we have we all put all these weird things in our group chat and one of our friends said yeah or she could put one that says buy the house next door and knock it down and make a giant mansion like the sky's the limit in the options that was so weird. So then we said, hey, where's this pond? Because we go in the backyard and it's not there. Oh, it's like a block away. What? Yeah. She walks us a block away and there's this pond. 
And she goes, oh, I used to go there and read, but I don't read anymore. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then our realtor said, do you think they could swim in there as a joke? She goes, oh, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> it's a good idea. Because <laughs> it's just covered in moss and lily pads. That is so bizarre. Yeah. And something that I hate almost as much as rats is frogs. And so that is like nightmare city is this giant pond that's a block away. Wait, what's wrong with frogs? Oh, I just had a really bad experience where one um, jumped out of a out of a aquarium thing and onto my face. Oh, yeah, yeah I guess so, that would do it. Yeah. So I, I've always had a phobia of that. <laughs> so that's how centers are still still looking. Unfortunately, oh. I'm to the point where I just want to give up at this point. Yeah. Uh, it gets hard to keep hope alive after a while. <laughs> it does. And this market, I mean, people in Seattle are insane. They're, and we're not even looking in Seattle. I can't even imagine what that's, what that's like. Um, we're getting beat out. We've put in a couple offers and we're getting beat out by cash offers where people are waiving the inspection. On houses that are built in the 80s and the 90s, why would you waive mm. an inspection? Mm -mm. That, I mean, the one we really liked that someone bought for cash, the roof was shot so much that you could see things growing out of it. Why would you waive an inspection? Yeah. yeah. Things growing out of the roof is not good unless you live in the Shire. <laughs> and we also knew that there was mold in the attic and the subfloor was shot. So why would you pay cash for that? Wait, and this was the house you liked? Yeah, because we were going to write it in that they had to fix the things. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you're kind of an idiot. No, we were going to write it in, you know, as whatever. But yeah, and I I was sad about that one, but kind of relieved at the same time. Like, oh, good. We're not going to have to mm -hmm. pour $20,000 into this. Right, right, right. I, I don't think I saw anything so crazy when I was house hunting, but I do remember... I mean, I know that they always say, don't worry about the cosmetic stuff. You can always right. paint, whatever. But I did sure. go see this one town home where I think it was two young women who were, uh, I mean, who knows? They could have been life partners, but I just got yeah. the impression that they were roommates. And their whole decorating scheme was like fun with color. So like mm -hmm. the kitchen was painted cranberry and the living room, which was open to the kitchen, was painted like gold. And then the stairs upstairs were orange. And uh, God, the bathroom was purple. And it was like a clown barfed. It was, oh, clown barfed. It was I like that. Yeah, it was not like subtle kind of pale colors. It was just going to hit you. And one of the bedrooms was... They did solid orange on the upper half, and then I think they had a chair rail, and below that they did big fat orange stripes, like bright orange on no. pale orange. <laughs> and she no. left her her passport sitting right there on the uh, wall shelf that I could have just taken if I wanted to. It, but the other bedroom was painted like that green apple green, mm -hmm. and it had a round bed with like a princess gauze no. netting. Coming no. from the ceiling down to it. And I was like, this is an adult's bedroom. Oh, no. Wow. Did you take pictures? No, I should have. Because I it know. was. That's something. my favorite part <laughs> of house hunting is 
<laughs> and our realtor is like, oh, another one that we saw, which was hilarious, was um, someone had uh, the serenity, the AA serenity prayer mm-hmm. on the wall. Oh yeah, the God grant me the strength one. Exactly. And next to it was a giant wine rack that was <laughs> that probably had at least forty bottles of wine in it. <laughs> Like there's some mixed messages going on here. <laughs> oh God, people! <laughs> people are so crazy. That house also had a chicken, uh, like an animal mm-hmm. walking around. Um, it was in a cage. There was multiple in the in a back in like a coop. Oh, it freaked me out at first because I went out there looking around and I heard some noises. I'm like, oh my gosh, is this like a giant rat that's gonna get me? <laughs> and then I'm like, what is over there? Oh, it's just chickens. Oh, could you write in that you want the chickens with the house? What's really funny is our realtor is known for there was a house with a big chicken coop and he actually wrote in to the house sale chickens and they got them. But I just think that that's really weird because aren't they like people's pets or they're people's meats? I don't oh, know. That's true. That's true. They, this house with the chicken had a bunch of smokers. And then Jeremy said something like, this is where they're going to cook their friends after they've stopped <laughs> making eggs. Like, this could be you. <laughs> this is just the cycle of life is what right? it is. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I hope that uh, this works out for you. Yeah, me too. Before Christmas. Yeah, well, in a, yeah, I just need, I just wish that we had a place and it was all figured out before we leave on our honeymoon, but I don't think that's going to happen because that's in nine days. Mm. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Right. Well, hopefully there are more houses out there. Yes. Your dream house. This is like the um, princess and the pea of houses yes. or something. Yes. Yeah. I, I just keep thinking, you know, people say, oh, we found it on the second try. I'm like, Good for you. <laughs> Can you please stand still while I slap you? Right. It's like people who say, oh, I was in labor for like two hours and didn't hurt at all. My baby sleeps through the night. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) No one wants to hear about your dream house. (laughs) Oh, no. Those people can just SDF you. Exactly. (laughs) Just go back to your perfect life. You just said that with the letters. (laughs) That's my new favorite thing. (laughs) Oh gosh. <laughs> All right, let's talk about school. Okay, let's do it. Maybe we should each just uh generally uh describe what our kind of school journeys were. Oh. Okay. I don't know. Do you think that would be oh, I like give it. a good reference point? Yes, I like it. Well, I really like that you came up with this idea because if it weren't for school and Jesus Creek, we never would have TBTL because that's where Jen and Luke met. So I really like this this idea that you had. It's the beginning. Would you like to start? Uh, I will. um, I've gone to quite a few schools in my time because we did a lot of moving for my first 12 years of life. And I sort of referenced uh, living in in Europe a few times on the show, but just to spell it out for people, uh, when uh, so I'm from originally the Twin Cities, and we moved to London, England when I was three, and then we moved back to Minneapolis when I was five, back to London when I was seven, then to Zurich, Switzerland when I was nine, and then finally back to the suburban Twin Cities when I was twelve. 
So, and then actually my parents, when I was 14, they called me into their bedroom and they said, we've got an offer to move back to Switzerland for dad's mm-hmm. job. How do you feel about that? And I had the stereotypical 14-year-old girl reaction. I threw myself down on their bed and I said, <laughs> you can't do this to me. I finally made friends. That's a tough age. Yep. So we didn't end up going. And I don't know that my reaction had anything to do with it. So I have uh, been in Montessori schools. I have been in uh, English primary schools. I have been in the American school in London. I have been in a place that I went to in uh, Zurich was called the Intercommunity School in Zurich, which is just a place for um, like expatriate kids. I mean, when I say I went to school in Switzerland, it's not like I went to some <laughs> fancy Swiss boarding school <laughs> or anything like, like that. that. It, it was it was a. a private school, but it was pretty basic. And then I went to American public school for um, junior high and high school. Thank God. That was a rough experience, though, coming back from Europe and going into the American school system for seventh grade. Well, and all those kids have known each other for that. I, you know, I, I even missed like the orientation night or something. So they had me go in by myself <laughs> with the seventh grade dean to do an orientation. And he said, oh, don't worry. This is a new school for everybody. Nobody knows anybody. And I was like, that is such bullshit. It's six elementary schools coming together, but they all know all the kids that they were in elementary school with still. Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time sitting by myself at the lunch table, reading a book, trying to pretend that I didn't care. (laughs) And I was so weird. Here, I'll do my Andrew version of Anne's life and see if I can compete with him for my seventh grade self. Picture, if you will. I was already wicked tall. I hit my full height when I was 14. So at um, 12, I was probably at least 5'7 or 5'8. I had bushy hair, kind of mullety because my mom and I were always fighting about it because I wanted it long like the other little girls. And she said, no, you can't take care of it and keep it clean. (laughs) I had big plastic glasses, clear frames. I... uh, wore a pair of teal corduroy overalls that my mother sewed for me (laughs) that had a rainbow heart embroidered on the bib and like a $4 digital watch from Target. And to cap it all off, um, my locker was way the hell on one end of the school, like totally opposite from where all the seventh grade classes were. So I couldn't make it to and from my locker between classes And so I carried a stack of the first like four periods before lunch. I carried all those books around with me the whole morning. And then I would carry all all the whole stack of the afternoon's books with me with like a big fantasy novel uh, stacked on the top. So it was like this foot tall (laughs) stack of books that I walked around with. Yeah. And then I got A's and didn't talk to anybody Ever? So it was a delightful year. And when did you start getting friends? Probably about the middle of eighth grade. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's my my sad story of junior high. How about you? What's your schooling oh, like? Gosh. Junior high is the worst anyways. I feel like everyone says that it's the worst. Mm-hmm. But a majority of those people are lying because they were the cool kids. Um, let's see. 
So I started school in Omaha and went to three different elementaries uh, within that, my first five, four years. And then in fifth grade, my mom moved us to Idaho. So for half the year, I was in this Idaho school that it was terrible. So in Omaha, I was in the gifted program, whatever, where they pull you out mm-hmm. and you do all sorts of stuff. My first day in Idaho school, I had to take a spelling test. I had never seen the words. I didn't know what was happening and I didn't do so well. My spelling's never been good for me, but also <laughs> like never seeing the words ever before. And I was put in the special ed class. Oh, no. From that. And then the rest of the year, I was fighting to get ahead because they also were halfway through the Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. And because I didn't know what had happened in the first part, I was already – so I was put in the special ed reading, everything, because of that. Also, you were only allowed to ask three questions a day. and. I asked lots of questions and so I would save them up and then go up and ask the teacher all the questions that I had within with one pass because you got three passes and you had to use the passes for the bathroom or a question. Wait, what grade was this? It, this was in fifth grade. Fifth grade. Oh my God. Yeah. It was insane. Um, and definitely the teacher hit people. I think it might have been okay there. I don't remember. Um, yeah. So that was just... So terrible. Wow. Um, we were in an all Mormon town and my sister was harassed because she was at the age where you became where you would get baptized. So all yeah. the kids in her class were being baptized and they would ask her, What are you? And she said, I'm nothing, and they would throw rocks at her head and harass her and steal her backpack and throw balls at her head. It was so bad. Um Whereas me, I sat next to a girl and she asked me the first day if I, if she, if I was allowed to play with Catholic kids. And I said, I am Catholic. And she's like, great. We need to stick together. Like she told me, no one's going to like you, which is true. No one will talk to you. No one will be your friends. We just need to stick together. <laughs> so that was actually only from February to the end of school. Then we moved to Washington and we lived in a rich city, but we were poor. So that is very traumatic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we were an apartment kid. So we were in an apartment complex in the middle of rich area. And uh, so I didn't have the clothes that everyone had. And um, that's, I, mean, I remember like everyone had really good lunches. And um, Luke talks, we get into that a little bit, but mm-hmm. everyone had these fancy lunches and little fruit snacks and little mini chips and I didn't we didn't ever have that and so I'd always say oh where did you get that or I'd try to trade I'd trade (laughs) lunch tickets for different things because you know sometimes these kids had these extravagant lunches but they wanted the hot lunch right so I'd trade my lunch tickets for that and they'd always say oh Costco and I remember telling my parents we have to get this thing called Costco we have to go there (laughs) and that was kind of expensive I think it's like a hundred dollars a year or something Mm -hmm. so that was nothing that we could we could afford and then junior high was just terrible. I think I didn't get a friend until eighth grade there. Aww. And then you kind of just like stick, stick together. I had people I was friends with, but I mostly in elementary school, I just uh, sat in the library. I was friends with the teacher. So I'd clean the chalkboards <laughs> during recesses <laughs> or sit in the library with the librarian and read and stuff like that. Um, so we would have been friends, Anne, is basically what I'm saying. <laughs> 
Awesome. Yeah. And I didn't, I don't think I found my people until I was probably in 11th grade in high school. And then that's when I kind of became like punk and went to lots of shows and colored my hair and did all sorts of stuff like that. So just going to a high school where people get Mercedes for their 16th birthday and you're still riding the bus when you're a senior is very difficult. Hmm. <laughs> That's interesting. It sounds like you have a lot in common with Luke I with the, being a poor kid and a lot in common with Andrew with the sort of not I'm finding not. your people until you right. got to high school. <laughs> right. Hmm. For sure. I'm having some thoughts about that. Yeah. All right. So we've got our backgrounds. Let's get into some clips. And I'd like to thank the archivists, the historians, who have made this episode possible. Uh, first of all, Kelly Sweat, who brought us that awesome opening clip. Uh, Luke Burbank, man of God. <laughs> so creepy. So creepy. And we'll hear clips uh, that have been brought to us by our friends Mark Hutchison. You're doing some good work, Mark. I see your name a lot when I'm trolling through the archives. And also Tier. Thank you, Tier. And uh, Summer. And then also one by Elizabeth Chavetta. So thank you, Elizabeth. And and you're here like a million times, I'm seeing. Oh, yeah. A couple of these I found. I mean, when you archive it, they kind of stick in your brain. When you've done 35 weeks. <laughs> Not yet. I know that should be your next goal is to do a whole year. Oh God. Do we even have that many left that need to be done? I don't think we do, which is exciting for me, but <laughs> I bet try for it. <laughs> All right. So the first uh, clips, it's actually a pair of clips that uh, we're going to listen to is the Jesus Creek clips. We have to start with Jesus Creek, right? Yes. Because we're began. Yes. This, this, this is the formative substance that TBTL is based upon. And uh, the first clip is actually just a, a rerun intro. It was one where uh, they were off for a couple of weeks. So they decided to do like the 10 elements of TBTL where they would talk about it at the beginning and then they would uh, play the rerun. And this was one where Luke and Jen talked about the importance of Jesus Creek. And then the second clip, which we go right into, it's the two of them uh, talking some more about uh, Jesus Creek teachers and kind of um, their own attitudes and how they were behaving during that time. So let's take a listen to those. Okay, so uh, what we're talking about today, the ingredient of TBT we're talking about today is Jesus Creek. Now, we're keeping these intros at around, I don't know, five to ten minutes. Jesus Creek could be... A day? A Solid. A lifetime? Yep. Welcome to Jesus Creek for a day or a lifetime. It lingers. <laughs> Man. So this is the uh, high school that we went to. And did you go to middle school there too? I went to elementary there. <sighs> Started at first grade. Whoa. Now, do you remember when, when Jesus Creek was coined? I, I don't remember the specific episode. It was the night of our prom and we pre-taped a show and we were talking about how we didn't get to have proms. Right. We had to have like junior, senior, junior banquets. JSB. JSB. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the year that um, I was a senior was the year that all of the senior boys invited sophomore girls instead of senior girls. Yeah. And so we called it just sophomore babes. And that <laughs> caught on. 
Uh, but anyway, so I wanted to call. I, I never wanted to say what the name of our school was. So we have a very bad. weird policy. Like there are some people we totally call by name and some institutions that we refer to by name. And then other ones that for no – like DJ Tuna will always be DJ Tuna yeah. even though she has a real name. And we're not talking about embarrassing things, but it's 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 a little bit haphazard what, what we decide to yes. identify and what we don't. But for whatever yeah. reason, we've decided that our school will be called Jesus Creek. But we were – so we were very immersed that night in prom and prom movies and that kind of thing. And so I kept referring to it as Footloose High because we were also not allowed <laughs> to dance. That's actually a better name I think. But we were also playing the Dawson's Creek theme song that we love so much, I Don't Want to Wait. Yeah. So uh, we kind of kept going back with Footloose High and Jesus Creek. And then Jesus Creek was the one that I think the listeners kind of grabbed hold of. I guess the thing about Jesus Creek is that it immediately lets you know kind of what the – what the major underpinning of the school was. No, Jesus. Yeah, it's Jesus. There's no doubt. So that, I guess that's that's useful, but I do like Footloose High. That actually sounds... Well, a lot of people write um, to ask if it's a true place. And it is a true place, but it is not actually called Jesus Creek, and it no longer exists. Yeah, so. I think it is an elementary school or something, because they have built that big, whole, fancy high school. But it couldn't school. possibly be any of the same administration. I don't think so. I don't who knows what's ha- yeah. what's happened to it, but yeah, yeah. but it has been for us I mean completely and totally formative, right? Mm-hmm. The, the experience of going there. Would you let me ask you this flash because we both had we both had our ups and our downs, mm-hmm. maybe more downs than ups at that place. <laughs> maybe some expulsions. Yes, between us, I think four. Mm-hmm. Would you if you could do it over again have still gone to Jesus Creek? Yes. Uh, I met my best friend Cindy first day of first grade, so that just right there makes it worth it. Yeah, and also um, it really taught me to stand up for myself, to see through BS really quickly, to learn like what's important and what's not important, like what battles are worth fighting. Like for instance, they had this rule that your skirt had to, we had to wear skirts every day, not the boys. <laughs> what did you guys have to wear? I can't remember. Um, well, when I first started going there, it was a tie, and then. As enrollment dwindled and they were trying to hip it up and then trying to get more people to go there, it just became a collared shirt. Okay. So that was, the, that was where it stood. So they had this rule that your skirt had to be below your knee. And that was for some reason a fight that I just felt like fighting all the time. And, and I, it took me like a year because what well, they would do – Well, you have amazing knees. <laughs> I wanted and to show well, my don't knees. Don't keep your sugar on the shelf. So what, the way that they would test it because it was uncomfortable for the male teachers is that you had to get on your knees and if your skirt touched the ground, it was long enough. And if it didn't, you got sent home. Well, and that sounds totally uncreepy. <laughs> uh, eighth grade girls kneel before your male teacher who's weirded, <laughs> get on your knees. Who's weirded out by the, the, <laughs> looking at your skirt. So this is much better. So for some reason, I just fought that battle all the time and then I would get sent home and I would yeah. drive home. And so that was like a battle that was so not worth fighting. But there were some that really were worth fighting, and, and I learned kind of how to navigate that, and um, I actually felt like I got a real – I always say that the mark of a good education is if you arrive at college and you can succeed at college, if you're ready to be at college, which I, I felt like I was. So I felt like I got a good education, and um, I have a lifetime of stories. <laughs> so I, I actually would do it again. I would also, just because it – Made me who I am today. That's very cliche, but you know, mm-hmm. it's like I would be a different person. Also, you know, my whole conception of what being bad was, with the exception of getting someone pregnant, my conception of what being bad was was really, really, really pretty not bad. Like my whole high school years, I never got drunk. I mean, got drunk one time at Sean Kellogg's house, but I, ne- I never, I, ne- I never got drunk. Uh, I, we never did anything really like 
that bad because I just – basically we were a bunch of squares. But that was good for me in high school because I have a, I have a lot of debauchery in me still. <laughs> you know, I'm brimming with – with, with with sort of poor decision making and all that stuff. And had I gone to a public school and had I been around a bunch of kids who were like, hey, let's go do a bunch of drugs. Let's go do this. I'm sure I would have been right there. It wasn't like I had willpower. I just wasn't around it. And so like I was never turning it down. It wasn't like we're going to this party with models and cocaine. And I was like, <laughs> I'll be OK. It was like I just never – no one ever – no one offered me anything more fun than – Playing Pictionary at, at Derek's house or something, you yeah. know. So, but that was a really good thing for me, and and I think that it it helped me, you know, sort of emerge from my high school years and my teenage years. It was, I mean, basically intact, and with, like you said, a lifetime of stories about the ridiculous things that we were subjected to, and a lot of kids can't throw down with those kind. Like you just went to a normal high school, and you know, whatever. Yeah. We have these, and then every once in a while, like I ran into some people a while ago that went to Kings West. Which was the Kings, but it was over in um, uh, Bremerton. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we were just like to talk about having gone to a small Christian school with someone else who went to a small Christian school. I mean, it's so much fun. You have this like really, really shared experience, and it's a kind of a unique thing. And, and didn't you? It's where you met the mummy too, right? Oh my so god! You also met a lifelong friend there. That's right. That's right. Although the mummy and I weren't even well, we were friends in high school. We were friends. I liked I liked his house because his parents were one of the first people I knew who had like a Costco membership. And their house was walking distance from the school, and it was just always full of like so much awesome food, it seemed, mm-hmm. and pallets of it at that, mm-hmm. just pallets of cup of noodles and other things like that. So yeah, absolutely. That's how I met the mummy and a bunch of other people. And yeah. my kid wouldn't exist if not for Jesus yeah. Creek. And I mean that in every possible way. <laughs> I met her mom there. They preached a strongly pro-abstinence message, which is a recipe for teenagers having babies. Mm-hmm. So it... We should do a show about the sexual purity ladder because, I mean... <laughs> the hand grenade ladder? Yeah, those were amazing rungs, everyone. Yeah. I remember being so confused by why hand hand to hair was so high. <laughs> like, I just remember being confused, like, why is that right below hand to genital? Like, that just seems like it should be way removed. They may have meant hand to genital hair. <laughs> maybe, they, maybe that was a small... That was a small distinction that they weren't they weren't making. I, I just remember thinking that that ladder was created by a person, yeah. and every person has different things that are turn ons to them. And I just remember sitting there thinking, like, I remember having that realization yeah. as like a seventeen year old, like, oh, that guy who wrote this, yeah. kind of had was, it that turned clearly him on, that was his touching kink. hair. <laughs> did anybody? Did you guys ever have the thing where they bring in the duct tape? Yeah, and they stick the duct tape to your arm, which. I mean, I, I'm not a particularly her suit guy, but that's painful. And then it would be like you'd rip it off and then you'd hand it to the next person. And the, the comparison being or the demonstration being that by the time it got to the third or fourth person, the duct tape wasn't sticky anymore. Like your purity. Right. <laughs> so anyway, we – you know what? We, we need to – I don't know what the – maybe we can figure out what the like anniversary of some Jesus Creek event is. But we should do a whole show yeah. on Jesus Creek. Consider this yeah. just a, a whistle yeah. wedding. Uh, let's see. The uh, first one we've got here, Jen, uh, is, uh, is actually from a female. It's from Heather. What does Heather want to know? Uh, I I mentioned offhandedly last week that I was expelled and I got a whole bunch of emails from people asking me to tell the story. And the reason I haven't told the story is that it's not really that interesting Mm. because it's not never stopped us before. (laughs) It's not, um, I didn't do some great, I didn't burn down the school. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I didn't do some great and grand bad thing. It was, it was behavior that built up over a year and most of it was back talking um, bad behavior, being disrespectful to teachers. It was a lot of that kind of thing. But also I would say that like I didn't 
a lot of people, I think, in our listening audience would say that they were grannies when they were seven. Like they were just always kind of that kind of kid. And I wasn't. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm definitely a granny now because of stuff like when I turned 16, my parents gave me a car and I totaled it. And thank God that I was the only person who got hurt in the accident. Mm -hmm. And but that like changed how I drive forever Mm -hmm. that moment, you know, and so there's a lot of things like that. And a lot of like the things that I said to teachers and to fellow students when I was in seventh grade were really cruel and mean and selfish and based on thinking that I was the center of the universe. So yeah. anyway, at the end of the year, the, I, I, I wasn't forced to leave school in the middle. At the end of the year, the principal called my whole family and my parents and me and said that basically they had decided that based on my behavior all year, they would not be welcoming me back and they returned my deposit. And so that's basically how I got expelled. And it was just based on a whole year of bad behavior. It wasn't any one thing. This was the kind of school though, because I also got expelled from there in eighth grade, funnily enough. Um, at for the last quarter of the school year i got and it was the kind of school where like i I initially got in trouble for they used to do this thing where they would go around uh this one teacher a teacher who ironically didn't ever return any of our papers or test the entire year she was mrs lee was her name and she was just like massively overwhelmed by i think she probably was a hoarder like she was older single lady who like had been the librarian and then they transferred it over to be the the uh, English teacher or, or English social studies teacher and she only did it for one year i'm sure the other parents were also like rebelling because it was i could just imagine that at her house there was 6 to 700 tests and papers that were never graded cuz she just you know overwhelmed or whatever how interesting by the way that you of course couldn't see that then right. but looking back you can look at your teachers and yeah. be like oh yeah, you, I used to think like, oh my God, you're, you're a teacher. You're like a you're a pillar of the community. And I'm like now I'm like, oh, you were making twenty six thousand dollars a year, and yeah. you had a studio apartment full of cats. <laughs> you know, probably. No, I, believe you me, there's nothing wrong with being a teacher. But in this particular gal's case, I can totally just think, oh no, you were not you, you were not probably ready for prime time when it comes to teaching. <laughs> and you're at Jesus Creek. Well, anyway, that, she used to do this thing where she would, you had to have your book. In class, your textbook. So she would go around the classroom and you have to ha- hold up your book. So I didn't have my book one day. So I asked my buddy, Paul Parsons, I was like, hey, dude, can you, you know, like slip me your book? So I like hold up his book and she's like, gets the point. And then I'm trying to give it back to him in time, but I don't get it back to him in time. And then she's like, Paul, where's your book? And he's like, Paul is such a good dude. He was like, I don't have it. And uh, if I was smart, I would have let him take the fall because he, you know, was in good standing. He was in good standing. It yeah. would have been it wouldn't have been a big deal for him. But then I was like, she was like, "Where's your book?" And he looked at me like he wasn't sure what to say. He was trying to not, you know, sell me out. And I was like, "I have it. I didn't have mine. He gave it to me." Anyway, this set this lady off into a real tizzy, which only chaps my hide because it's like my crime was I didn't bring my textbook. Her crime was she was a horrible teacher. <laughs> you know, like which is worse? But anyway, like. That was a thing that got me sent to the principal's office. That kind of thing could get you – and then it was like you're on you're, – you're sort of on uh, thin ice with them. So I went through the whole school year being on sort of thin ice over stuff like this. I mean nothing very extreme. And then finally at the end, I did flip off a teacher. I did the thing where you put one arm under the other arm and I had just seen it on TV like that over the weekend and I thought – that was pretty cool. I'm going to try that on someone. <laughs> so I wanted to cut across the gym and they were having like kickball in the gym and this teacher, Mrs. Howe, uh, b- like wouldn't let me go across. And so she turned around. I thought, well, this is a I good – I just want to object to you calling her a teacher, but – Yes, uh, you're right. You're right. Um, she was like a nurse, playground she was like monitor. Nurse Ratchet meets um, uh, whoever the most evil person from Bridge Over the River Kwai was. <laughs> yes. 
Her husband was worse, though. Yes. That guy. He was a janitor, by the way, and he was the mean kind of janitor. One time I was standing up on this balcony watching the basketball game. I mean, where, you know, you were allowed to stand at Jesus Creek. Uh-huh. But he didn't like me leaning, I guess, against the, like, uh, railing, the thing you lean against when you're watching. You know, it's like, and I just remember this hand just crushing the back of my neck. I mean, like, so hard grabbing on the back of my neck and being like, get off of that railing. Like, he was like a bad dude from a Disney movie. Yeah, that's just making me angry. Just yeah. the, okay, the well, amount of like just grabbing and touching yeah. in mean ways that people did there who yeah. were not teachers, by the way. Yeah, great point. But anyway, we could talk about this for hours and we will. <laughs> Next time. No, but anyway, the point is just that uh, it was like uh, Jesus Creek was a weird kind of place where you could get kicked out for just having a defiant spirit. Which is a very kind of hard to pin down thing, but like that sounds like what happened to you, Flash. You just yeah. you were deemed to have a rebellious or defiant spirit. Yeah, exactly. Interestingly, no Rhodes scholars graduated from <laughs> Jesus Creek, uh, <laughs> probably because it was run along the principles of whether or not someone had a defiant spirit. So the very first thing that I want to say about this first clip is I finally understand the name Jesus Creek because <laughs> no, I had forgotten. I mean, the Jesus part, that's pretty obvious, but where the Creek mm. comes from, I was like, Oh wait, Dawson's Creek. <laughs> oh, I remember Jen was really into that, into the show. And so was I. So I don't know why I never put that together, even though I had heard this clip a couple of times. It wasn't till the final time I went back to review it. It was like light bulb. Yeah. I had forgotten too until I was re-listening. And it makes so much sense. It makes sense. It does. I kind of wish the school had been called Jesus Creek though. Yeah. Well, I thought Footloose High was pretty strong as well. (laughs) It is very strong. So between the two of them, Luke and Jen have had four expulsions. Is that two and two? Or we got three from Luke, one from Jen? Because we know we had a um, a 10 interview where she talked at pretty good length about one of her um, expulsions, right? That was the one where she mooed at the teacher. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was two and two. Yeah, so I think it's a little bit unclear if the one she's talking about in this clip is that mooing episode or if that was something else. I think it was something else. I think this is where she just kept taking a stand and then they said they didn't welcome her back. But can we talk about this is common in these Christian schools yes. where the girls have strict dress codes and the boys are wear whatever you want. It's ridiculous. And the fact and the weirdness of them, if a male teacher says, your skirt seems a little short, now kneel before me mm-hmm. as I measure it. Mm-hmm. That is let's, so gross and inappropriate. Yep. Let's get your head right down to crotch level, teenage right. girl. As I massage your neck because I'm Mr. Hansy, which <laughs> is that his real name? <laughs> if it's real, he needs to change it unless he's already in prison for some pedophilia stuff. Um but, or did they just call him that because he was handsy? Well, I think they said Hansis, Mr. Hansis, Hansis okay. but okay. I like handsy much better. <laughs> but it's, it's just so weird. I have, I had a friend in high school that ended up going to Oral Roberts University. Oh, no, and that's, that's another an, problematic name. Right? <laughs> right. So it was in the boys are not allowed in the girls' dorms or, 
and but girls could go to the boy or something like it was something weird but it was two feet had to be on the floor at all times mm-hmm, no sitting mm-hmm. on the bed but it was oklahoma in the winter girls had to wear skirts and no pants they could never wear pants but the boys had no dress code why is that okay? I don't know. You would think that you would want girls to wear pants because right. that would close up. Yeah, all- close up the sex hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if they're wearing that pants. That shut down. If, you, if they're wearing pants, then you can see the shape of their bodies, which is not a good thing because right. the boys oh, might be so tempted. Must be it. Yeah, I remember she had to get pants that were shorter than her dress to wear so she didn't freeze. While going to class in the middle of the winter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so, but just the whole checking thing. And Jen is very tall like you. Mm-hmm. So skirts that are long enough for me wouldn't be long enough for her, but it's the exact same thing. Oh, so tell I'm sure me about that it, she sister. <laughs> so she probably had that struggle all the time. And this was before the internet, so she can't find the... <laughs> The place that I like to shop, Long Not Tall Sally, which is for tall ladies. <laughs> what is it called again? Long, Long tall. tall Sally, which I do not like. But there we go. Yeah. Long Tall Sally. I like it. <laughs> it's a perfect name. Yeah. So the, the whole dress code and she kept taking a stand and pushing the envelope. It's it's just so weird. Yeah, I like that. I She does uh, say that one of the benefits was that she learned to stand up for herself. Yes, and which fight was the right one and that she had a defiant spirit. Oh, wait, what, let's see. Um, yeah, that she learned which battles are worth fighting. Mm-hmm. That, that's a really important, it's a very important thing to keep. And then um, that she met her best friend, Cindy. And yes. she met Luke. Those are the reasons to go there. Mm-hmm. And she said she categorized a good education, meaning that you're ready to succeed in college and that she yes. was ready to yes. succeed in college. Ergo, it must have been a good education. And mm-hmm. I think there's something a little wonky in there. No, I think, I think she had the desire to learn. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's an avid book reader. I think she probably outgrew that place and knew i mean she's so smart we hear the stories of her being a child and playing post office (laughs) with with the kids (laughs) and writing letters i mean she was already too smart and too big for jesus creek yep the minute she started in there yep and uh luke also says that if he had it to do over he would do it again because he thinks that going to jesus creek kept him from being a really bad kid because he characterizes himself as brimming with poor decision making and i don't know is this a reasonable assumption to think that if he'd gone to public school that he would have been much worse maybe i mean if he would have fallen into a crowd that were smoking or drinking like he said i'm sure he would have gone along with it He's always along for the good time. He is. He did. What was that story about doing the cocaine with the cab driver in yes. New York City or something? Because he was offered it. Wasn't it Washington, D.C.? And the guy handed it to him and he, so he did it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay. Yep. Jesus Creek saved yep. Luke. Saved him. And also because of the terrible sexual purity ladder. 
Yes. <laughs> he had it. He got his girlfriend pregnant. <laughs> Have, is this a thing that you know about the sexual purity ladder? I didn't know about it until Luke and Jen, but also Jeremy is, knows a lot about it. Oh. They have this thing where the reason why the girls can't wear skirts like that or tank tops is because it causes men to stumble in their something with Jesus. Because boys will think sexual thoughts and it will make them go away from Jesus if mm-hmm. a girl is dressed that way. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, all males are just sexual animals that are going to rape people at all times. I mean, that's right. what this thing is. Right. And so it's the woman's job to cover herself up so that he doesn't do that. So this line of thinking is no good for girls or boys, frankly. Right. It's no good for anyone. It's it's extremely damaging for all, everybody involved. And like they said, I mean, they've talked about before where what is it? 50% of the girls get pregnant at Jesus Creek. Uh huh. And they say they shut it down because of an outbreak of pregnancy, (laughs) (laughs) which I totally believe because if you teach, if you do not teach anything and you only teach abstinence, these are kids full of hormones and they just don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And I've heard in, in these kind of situations in these communities, the boy, if you buy condoms, you are, you are planning to sin so they just don't do it because mm-hmm. then that's 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 where the sin comes if it actually just happens like oops that's bad it's still terrible but you didn't plan to do it okay that's an interesting <laughs> so, line of thinking it's so damaging it's so bad but i love that, that jen said that on the purity ladder that hand to hair was next to hand to genital <laughs> Like one step below (laughs) and that they had decided that the guy who wrote this, because of course it's a man, the man that wrote it, that's obviously what he was into sexually. (laughs) Mm. Mm. Let's not think about that too closely. (laughs) And what? That's so weird. It's. I actually got curious. So I Googled purity ladder and there's. Some like stuff for Home Depot and whatever. But then like four or five links down, I got to a website called Christ to R Culture, <laughs> the the a letter R. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a, a, a blog post called Sexual Purity. How far is too far? And uh, if you scroll down, there is something that he calls the ladder of sexual involvement, which I'm pretty sure is not the same thing. But there is... Um, a scale from purity to defrauding that goes holding hands, kissing, necking, petting, and then intercourse. It's quite interesting. And mm. somehow the word concupiscence, concupiscence on the side of the ladder. I don't know. I do not understand how these people think. I, I don't get it. Either. Oh, wait, here we go. Here we go. Uh, for those who haven't quite figured it out yet, the plain instructions are don't pull up. Don't pull down. Don't unbutton. Don't unzip. Keep your hands to yourself. Hmm. So that about covers I'm, it. I'm strangely turned on right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> All right. So what else about this pair of clips? I really like uh, listening to Jen talk about her sort of development as a person because Mm -hmm. all the time that we've known her she has been such a kind and generous 
spirit. It's interesting to listen to her talk about how she was such a mean girl mm-hmm. and that she was really selfish and self-centered because I don't really see her uh, in that light at all. And that's why she got expelled. Yeah. But I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't see her as being mean, but maybe bossy. Ah, well, that's almost as bad in a girl. Yeah, I know that people like that is like a bad term, but it's just because she had all these great ideas, right? It made her an amazing producer. Right. Absolutely. And she just produced everything in her life. And at some points, that's bossy. Mm -hmm. And like, okay, Jen, we don't want to play post office anymore. Or... How about we don't want to take the bus to see an R-rated movie or, you know, we don't, we want to go to our fake prom. We don't want to like go to wherever or go bowling or whatever. But she, none of those people in her life could say they did not have fun and have the best childhood Mm -hmm. because of the games that she came up with. And that probably when she looks back, maybe she felt like she was being bad or bossy or mean, but I don't think she was a mean girl. No. I mean, I'm sure she was a junior high girl. None of us oh, were yeah. no, great for a few terrible. years there. <laughs> <laughs> and and not to um, make light of Luke getting expelled in eighth grade because he flipped off a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was this whole talk about this teacher who probably wasn't ready to be a teacher because she never returned a single test or paper. Well, you know what? These private schools, you don't have to have teaching certificates. True. So it probably, it could have just been, like they said, either a parent who maybe had some experience in homeschooling or just someone straight out of Bible college. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe no college at all. Yeah. I, I wonder how much money the Jesus Creek teachers got paid. Oh, man. It's probably not getting totally the cream of the crop. Yeah. I'd like to know the the wage difference between Mr. Hansy and <laughs> Miss Miss Never Turns Returns a Test. <laughs> uh, that would be interesting to know. <laughs> I do think, though, from everything that Luke tells us, that he probably was kind of a little shit. Oh, for sure. I mean, he was on a quest for attention all the time. Yeah. And... Um, I just kept thinking I would never have flipped off a teacher. I would never have defied a teacher in any way with any even tiniest part of my spirit. So in a weird way, I have a kind of admiration for him. Yeah. And I thought it was funny because he said he didn't know what it meant. (laughs) Flipping off the teacher. Yeah, he didn't know. He knew it was bad, but he didn't know it because, I mean, if you think about it, there's no way anyone in his family would have done that True. or said those words. And they didn't watch TV. Remember they had the TV that was in mm-hmm. the closet that they would bring out every once in a while, but he didn't. So he saw it probably on a movie and mm-hmm. said, Oh, that, that guy's mad. So that's associated with something that means mad or angry. So I'm going to do it. I'm well, trying I, to give him the benefit of the I doubt. Know, I know. It's, it is understandable. We're all dumb when we're kids. Right. We, kids we are do stupid. Stuff. <laughs> And there was just such an unhealthy relationship, it seems like, with so many of those teachers at that Ooh. school. When they spanking? Yeah, the, the amount of grabbing and touching seems really worrisome to me. 
and and judging by what you're wearing like mm-hmm. there's just so much weird sexual tension going on and just anger uh, underlying anger and sexual stuff going on in that school i'm so glad it's closed <laughs> <laughs> and i hope that modern day christian private schools are not like that anymore i mm-hmm. hope that's the case yeah i think there's got to be a little more oversight <laughs> hopefully <laughs> hopefully well before we move on to the next clips i for some reason, I think I was looking for um, pictures that maybe we could use for the show photo for this. And so I okay. Googled Jesus Creek uh, in Google Images, and there mm-hmm. is a set of novels that are, are called, I forget what it's called, the Jesus Creek Chronicles or something. That's a little like a series of mystery novels set at the town of Jesus Creek, Tennessee. Oh, my gosh. I feel like we need an LRB book club. I kind of thought so, too. <laughs> Don't forget to use our Amazon link. We'll read the first one. <laughs> yeah, okay, let me see. That's a really good idea, actually. Come on, Goodreads. Show me what it is. It's called All the Great Pretenders. Come on, it will not load. It's the Jesus Creek Mystery number one. In yeah, the small town. Oh, there we go. The small town of Jesus Creek. Is it on Amazon? I'm sure it is. Yeah. Okay. We need to do this. Okay. Oh, Anyone there we go. Wants? It's there? Yep. I see it. All the Great Pretenders <laughs> by Deborah Adams. 99 cents on Kindle. <laughs> Everyone needs to do this. That's it. Okay. So in October, October, one month, we'll have the book club. Oh, and guess what? You can buy it on paperback for one penny. <laughs> Oh, no. Yes, this needs to happen. Okay, good. I like projects. We'll have a project. (laughs) Everybody get ready. Yes, we will have book club. All right. So unless you have anything else about Jesus Creek, I think we can move along. I'm good. Okay. So this next one comes to us from June 27th, 2012 where Luke and Andrew discuss school lunches. Let's listen to the clip and come back and talk. I, like, as a kid, some of my, because we we just never had, like, good snacky food around my house because my parents are so cheap. And, we and like, when we would get stuff, it'd be because, uh, like, WIC, which is, like, women, infant, and children. It's basically food stamps. Oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Like, my dad was very anti-food stamps. Like, we qualified for every single poor person thing you could get when I was a kid. But my dad was like, we, we're fine. You know, he was like, just, like, a kind yeah, of a proud right. guy. Not proud in the, like, Donald Trump sense. Right. Proud in the sense of, like, he was like, we can afford to – like, for instance, I never got to have free school lunch, even though we oh, totally qualified right. for free breakfast and free school lunch. My parents would – I was allowed to get every year – I think it was, like – Every maybe maybe three times a year, I was allowed to get a 10-lunch punch card. So that was $10 to buy it. You have to go in and like to the lunch lady when it wasn't lunchtime, and you give her $10, and she gives you your punch card, and it gets you 10 meals. And then I would like savor and save those meals because I was like so excited to get square pizza. Because well, the rest of the time, you're, you're coming to school with a packed lunch? Bringing a bullshit packed oh, lunch. Oh, God, yeah. Because the lunch making was on my mom. Right. No, square pizza was the best. Square, we had the best setup there. It was like you get pizza every day. I don't know why the kids were fat. Yeah. Pizza every day or cheeseburger 
or corn dog, and then there was something called choice, and that was the rotating menu. Oh, nice. Sometimes macho nachos. Sure, that happened. That was a meal? Macho nachos was a meal? Well, you had your main food groups. You had your nacho cheese. You had your <laughs> cafeteria-grade ground beef. Right. And you had your chips. And your peppers. You probably no had peppers, jalapeno no. peppers. I didn't, I didn't grow up rich. <laughs> we didn't have <laughs> That's peppers. That's the point of this story. Um, but so it was like that was the thing in my house. Like I, would, I wanted so bad to have like school, you know, like the free lunch, which everybody at the school had. I went to a school that was mostly like kind of kids who lived in motels and shit. Mm-hmm. And I was always like – I'd get to that last punch on my car to be like so bummed because then it'd be back to like and I would I never had good lunch bags either I would have like the bag that the bread came oh, in oh see I hate that yeah don't, that would bother the here, hell out of this me this would be my mom's move like sandwich heel one of the pieces of bread the heel mm-hmm. of the loaf yeah and then throw that and like you know an apple or something no no Jello pudding pack no like. No white bread, nothing cool. No like Fritos snacks, just like sandwich and maybe whatever else was in the house. Throw it in there, put it in the bread bag. That's sad. That you know what I got for me. Christmas? Boom! <laughs> Do I stutter? I'm turning into Judd Nelson for Breakfast Club. When I was I was I was too old to have my parents um, packing me lunches when I was in high school, obviously. But my dad, <laughs> I you were gonna say when I was in college. <laughs> right, but my dad sometimes would still do it, and my dad always packed the best lunches because I don't know he'd make me a sandwich or something. He was probably just like making something for himself that I need to throw together a uh, throw together a, uh, a, a sack lunch for me. And one time he had some M and M's laying around or something, so he put in one of those little half. Those little small Ziploc bags, you know, they're mm-hmm. only like half a Ziploc bag. He put him, he put in a bunch of M and M's, and then he put in this tiny little note written in his impeccable handwriting, printing that just said, "Andrew, one of these M and M's fell on the floor." Don't. <laughs> <laughs> and then he wrote, "Don't eat that one." <laughs> Your dad sounds awesome. He's pretty much the coolest. Guy. I'm yeah. so psyched to hang out with him. <laughs> All right, Anne, tell me about your school lunch situation. I have always, always brought my own lunch. Always. Um, I think when I went to seventh grade uh, was probably the first time there was ever actually a school lunch option. And I did it for a few weeks. And then my mom said, no, you're not doing that anymore. It's not healthy. But what uh, she meant was it's going to make you fat. Because my two brothers both took school lunches for their entire elementary through high school. So it was only Anne who wasn't allowed to eat school lunch. That's only because she was worried about my weight in a way that she was never worried about theirs, which is another reason it kind of sucks to be a girl. Yes. And another reason you're in therapy. (laughs) Yes. uh I always made my own lunches. And um, in fact, even from elementary school, my mom was strictly a you're on your own kind of thing. And we had no snacks. I mean, Luke talks about how there was there were never any good snacky type Mm. foods. And I totally hear it because I would have killed for a fruit roll-up. Yes. You know, when all the other kids were having them, I never got any of that stuff. And then when I got into high school and I really started kind of going down the wrong path with my weight, I got into a point where I think it was my sophomore year, uh, all I would take to school for lunch was an apple. One apple was all that I would allow myself. And then somewhere in the middle of junior year, I was like, no, no, I'm too fat for a whole apple. So I would cut it in half and wrap it in saran wrap and just bring the half an apple. 
and that's all I ate all day at school. Isn't that terrible? Did it? Didn't you get headaches and get sick? No, I don't remember. I don't remember any of that. And I think back Mm -hmm. on it, I'm like, where was my mother? Why was she not supervising any of this? Did she not realize that I was not taking any lunch to school? Oh my gosh! But you know, that's how it goes. That's so terrible. I know. I eat now. It's okay, everybody. Good. Um, Let's see. So when I was having school lunches where it was made for me, I think school like hot lunches were kind of expensive. So we definitely I had like a little lunch box and I was a vegetarian very early on in my life. And so my lunches would usually be like a rice cake because being a vegetarian in the early 80s was, mm. I mean, that just meant basically you ate side dishes and um, grilled cheese sandwiches. Yeah, I bet. Um, especially living in the Midwest, like in cow country. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that's, yeah. That's sort of a place where, wait, you don't eat meat? Well, well, just have the chicken then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, but chicken isn't meat. Yeah, I heard that so often. Or, um, yeah, I mean, just lots of stuff. I mean, I had always joked that I was going to make a cookbook that was like a vegetarian can't live on side dishes alone and be actually main courses. Um, Now there's tons of cookbooks like that. But, um, yeah, that was very hard. My mom barely liked to cook anyways. And so me declaring that I wasn't going to eat 90% of the things that she made, she was... I mean, I was eight, I think. And she just said, well, you're on your own. Yeah. (laughs) And again, we didn't have the snacky good stuff. So it was basically rice cakes that I would eat. Did you eat like, did you do the flavored ones or were those a little bit later? Um, I think I would put honey on them. Oh. So I would make it or like a little strawberry or something. So I mixed it up. I think I saw that on the package that... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that you can put like butter and honey and like strawberries or raisins. I didn't eat bananas or, but you could do that or something like that. So I'd try to make it and you know, jazz it up a little bit. And oh, then sure. Your, your honey high- drizzled styrofoam. Mm. <laughs> exactly. And then in junior high and high school, there was salad bar as an option. So it just was a lot of salad bar. And then, um, the, in my school, I still think about this bread. There was this cheese bread that looked like a, a giant cinnamon roll, but it was uh-huh. che- like an Italian bread with cheese. Oh, mm. man, that thing was delicious. And I think my best friend and I would split that, and that would be our lunch. Mm, that sounds like something to look forward to. I know. I want it now. Like I want to go back like, oh, I just want to tour the school and see what the lunches are about. I bet that they don't serve that anymore. I was like... Too much carbs for kids. No, I'm sure. I'm sure. I remember being obsessed with trying to get people to share their snacks with me. Like I never thought of trading because I didn't have anything to trade. But I think in third grade, I know I had a metal Care Bears lunchbox and the Care Bears themselves were kind of raised in the metal a little bit. And I had this dumb friend and at lunch, we would take my lunchbox and lay it flat on its side. And I would say that the Care Bears were the burners on the stove. And she had these chips that looked like little slices of bacon. And so we would fry the bacon on the stove. Yes. And then we would eat them. And it was all my scheme so that I could get a hold of her bacon looking chips. 
That's amazing. What are these chips? I need to know about these chips. I don't know. This was in London. They, oh, okay. You know, they do their, yeah. their yeah. chips right. Snacks. I mean, they're crisps yeah. in right. England. <laughs> That's a really good method. I never thought about that. I I do remember that every year for back to school, we did get a new lunchbox. That was like one of the th- the new things that we got with our clothes and backpack or whatever. So mm-hmm. I had yes, I had lots of different metal lunch boxes. And then when they became plastic, I was kind of like, oh, it's not as good. Yeah, it's not. Mm-mm. I still have one that I I let Ellie use, but only under supervision. Like it will never go home to her mom's house <laughs> because it's a new kids on the block one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and she loves it so much. She has no idea what who they are or what is happening, but she knows that I love it and that it <laughs> so she she loves it and she just like covets it and it's like, oh, I'm gonna take my lunchbox, but yeah, it doesn't go to school. <laughs> no. My goodness, That's no. Her, her adventure pack. Like when we go Pokemoning or go look at stars, she usually packs a backpack and it has the lunchbox with snacks just in case. And it's always that lunchbox that goes. Oh, that's super cute. It's cute. <laughs> Until she figures out that it's just a weird boy band from the 90s, then she's going right. to be like, oh, that's probably conservative. I think it was 80s. Um, Let's see. We moved back to Minnesota in 1989, and I was completely out of it on New Kids on the Block. It's another one of those things that made me weird. So definitely, I think '80s was late '80s was their yeah. their high water mark. Yeah, I, I would hope that I wasn't in high school and I was still liking. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so how much do we love Andrew's dad and wish that he had made us our school lunches? <sighs> Andrew's dad is hilarious. I really want to meet him. I want to be friends with Andrew's dad. Yeah, you're gonna have to fight Luke for it. I know. <laughs> I love the M&M story. One of these fell on the floor. Don't eat that one. Let me tell you something. Even if some of the M&Ms had fallen on the floor, wouldn't have mattered to me. Oh, no. Come on. But I feel, I feel like I, at that age, I think that I would have thought it was funny, but also like if my dad would have checked in on me, so did you find the one? I would have felt shame. <laughs> Or embarrassed, like, oh, I did eat them all. Ooh, yikes. <laughs> um, but, okay, so I wonder, is square pizza a school thing or is it a Midwest thing? Because I know you had it. Andrew talks mm-hmm. about it. I loved it, but I only had it in Omaha. But is that because I just was out on school lunches by the time I got here? I don't know. We need people to weigh in. If you're on the East Coast or the West Coast, did you also have square pizza? Is it a school thing? So did it fit into that weird styrofoam mm-hmm. container that was, do you remember? It would be like the milk in the middle, the entree, the weird sides. Yes. I mean, I remember just from looking at other people's trays, not because I ever got it myself. <laughs> longingly looking like oh is that a weird uh was like food services of america chocolate pudding today mm-hmm. that looks tasty <laughs> but okay can we talk about so 
Luke got free lunch. Mm-hmm. And then there were, and he's talked about this before where Walter Burbank was against everything for free and Susie right. always wants everything for free. And so there's like this weird push and pull in their whole home life. Mm-hmm. But 30 lunches a year for a kid is a weird amount to give. Well, I was a little indignant about this because he goes from saying that he was never allowed to get school lunch to going to say, oh, yeah, well, three times a year, I got a 10 punch lunch card. That is like a month and a half of lunches. That is not no school, school lunches, is, Luke. Yeah, that's true. It probably just felt like never. And when probably, you, you know, because he since birth, it feels feels that everyone is judging him and looking mm-hmm. at him. And when he brings those weird wheat berries that they made on the exercise bike (laughs) and the heels of a sandwich in a sandwich bag, which I totally had done before. It's, it's weird and you feel out of place and you feel everybody's judging you. Mm -hmm. So it felt like never. Yeah, that's true. He does let that stuff get to I mean, schools in like what, six to nine, nine months a year Mm -hmm. and he only got 30. All right. I mean, my impulse is to be like, well, that's 30 more than I got, but like, it's not a competition, Anne. Right. Andrew, on the other hand, had all the foods. He had, oh my gosh, unlimited popsicles on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. He had M&Ms in his lunch. I would have killed for M&Ms to be in my lunch. Yes. I had fucking rice cakes and Andrew gets sweet notes from his dad and had to eat one apple uh, later on half an apple a day so if anyone should be judged it should be andrew <laughs> andrew is the house that you always wanted to play at right yep mm-hmm. they had four wheelers every toy imaginable they had it yes yep and all this i bet they had so many fruit roll-ups in there mm-hmm. and uh, if we listen to after these messages, like the episode that they did about toy commercials, oh, and after everyone, so Andrew was like, oh, yeah, I had that. Oh, yeah, I, I had that one. I had that. Oh, I didn't understand the assignment because I thought it was to talk about the toys we had. <laughs> I was so angry at him after that episode. I'm usually never angry at Andrew. And there I was like, he had that toy? Hey, wait. But then we have to try... We have to balance it, right, with all the manual labor that he had to do. I'm just going to say around the farm. I'm going to call it a farm. But also, toys don't replace friends. True. That's true. And if you talk about his childhood, it's clear that he wasn't happy for a lot of the time. So all the M&Ms and the remote control cars and the dune buggies won't make up for that. Oh, now I'm sad again for him. I know. I love Andrew. Andrew. All right, let's move on. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Remember everybody in the last clip show about the dentist where we gave like a a dental squeamishness warning and we said, yeah, it's not really very graphic. But if you have issues with talking about dental procedures, be warned. I would like to issue a warning for this next clip, uh, which I have titled Super Dookie. If that gives people uh, any clue as to what it is. And um, this is the story about Luke and his friends finding the super dookie in the bathroom at Jesus Creek. And it's extremely graphic. So uh, the clip itself is 
uh, four minutes and change. So if you don't like hearing about poop, I mean, I can't imagine that you'd be listening to this if you couldn't handle poop talk. But or TBTL. <laughs> yep, this, this is a bad one. So be warned. All right. If you're going to do this, here we go. <laughs> now I'm just going to have the giggles. Like when you would be in church. Did you ever get the giggles in church? Yeah. And then you couldn't. But see, for me, it's different because you're sitting in the pews. Like I would get it in the principal's office. Uh, one time we found <laughs> we found this dookie in the toilet that was we were in like 10th grade and it was so large. Right. This <laughs> this bowel movement. It, it was the size of like um, what was the size of like imagine like a regular size watermelon, like an average size. Now, imagine that made of human feces so that it actually protruded from the toilet up above the rim of the toilet. It was more uh, feces that could ever come out of a human. And we went in the bathroom to pee, me and my buddies. And there was a piece of masking tape on the door, and it just had written sort of hastily, no work. <laughs> and so, of course, we being like high school boys were like, what does no work mean? So we take the masking tape off, and we look in, and we see what would later be known as the super dookie. <laughs> and we we're laughing our asses off. I mean, hysterically laughing, like tears running out. Outside in the hallway, banging, banging the like lockers and the walls, just like we can't. Right even handle how funny it is and the principal this just complete waste of skin named christian overman this guy his middle name is soldier he's christian soldier overman just a just a terrible he's like the he's like the, the the warden in the shawshank redemption except he ran the school i went to for like eight years uh, not that i'm angry at him but anyway he comes out and he's like what are you laughing at and and we're trying to tell him that there's we don't, <laughs> there's a giant dookie in the bathroom he calls us into the office. We're sitting there in the office, and every time we try to – we do this, well, sir, we went into the bathroom, and there was a – and then we just, like, explode laughing again. And then someone else takes a pass at it. Well, sir, we were in the bathroom, and then there was a – and then it's, like, complete, like, tear-crying laughter again for, like, five minutes. Finally, I um, – showing early signs of being one of the great orators of a generation, I said, sir, we went in the bathroom – and there was a giant feces. <laughs> and then I start laughing. And we're all laughing our asses off. And he's like, you think that's funny? And so we end up, uh, me and my buddy Joe were allowed to leave. But there was this kid named Dan who was considered the troublemaker. Dan was like a really smart, really funny kid. A little bit messed up in the head, a little cuckoo, but still a very funny, very – got in trouble in eighth grade because he made this fake newspaper publication where he took – old yearbooks and cut out pictures and made whole new stories. It was like pre-Onion, right. pre-The Onion, but of North Seattle Christian, right? a.k.a. Jesus Creek. And he went and he cut out a picture of Mr. Overman from like a, a school assembly. And he, he drew like a AK-47 in his hand. Then he took a picture of a volleyball player, a girl who'd been like bumping the ball on her knees. And he made it so she was holding a bunch of cash in her hands and kneeling at Mr. Overman's feet. And the headline was, Mr. Overman is a pimp. And it was a whole story about how he, it turns out, was actually a pimp, which, you know, in 1988 was pretty funny yeah, and pretty forward thinking. Uh There was another story about how Violetta Chamorro, the one-time leader of, I want to say, Argentina or something, had engaged in self-love so furiously that part of her lady parts (laughs) flew off and landed on someone's face. So, you know, it was uneven. It was rough. The go to your times, it was called. Right. So anyway, they found this thing and, and Dan got in all this trouble. So flash forward a couple of years and we are now trying to explain Super Dookie. 
And me and Joe get to skate, and Dan is dragged into the office, kept in the office, and given swats. He was spanked for laughing oh, about no. a giant bowel movement. And that is why you should never send your kids to a back ass words Jesus Creek. evangelical Jesus Creek kind of school. Because there is a chance they will get spanked for laughing about a huge bowel movement, which I later figured out was one of the teachers had a um, colostomy bag. And so they had just emptied it in there. But because it doesn't follow the same physical protocols that, you know, normal going to the number two does, it was a great, great quantity right. of, uh, of, of number two. So anyway, back to laughing in church. All right. So, um, watermelon sized feces. I, I can't, I mean, I can imagine. I don't want to imagine. Yeah. But that's pretty gross. It is. Oh, and you know what? The smell. Oh. I, I love, I can just imagine because I probably would have been the same. Uh huh. Hysterical laughing. And not being able to get it out to tell the principal why. Mm -hmm. I think the first mistake they made was ignoring the out of order sign. Never ignore the out of order in a in a bathroom. In a bathroom, never, never take never. everyone's word for it. That's just there's no way that that can end well. Yes, and then of course, being tenth grade boys, mm -hmm. uh, this was hysterical, and as you say, they just couldn't stop laughing long enough to actually talk about what was going on. And uh, the principal Christian soldier Overman. <laughs> it's not his real name, do you think? It has to be, right? Who would change their name to that? A Christian soldier? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Someone who literally thought he was a Christian soldier? I, I guess I thought that... Uh, he just never had a chance. Like if his parents named him Christian soldier, his, his path in life was pretty much predetermined. Right. Well, and that could be too. If, if this is a ongoing epidemic of Christi Christian evangelicalism in their mm -hmm. family. Mm -hmm. <sighs> yeah. So the disturbing part, I mean, okay. The disturbing part of this is, is the poop, but then the really disturbing part is the punishment part of it yes. so all of the getting yelled at by the principal is one thing but then at least luke and uh joe were cut loose but this kid dan got corporal punishment yes and i, I wish that i need again this clip leaves me with more questions than answers did his the did joe's parents keep him in this school uh -huh, Are they okay uh -huh. with it? Do they sign a form that says yes, your children's can be your children's your children can be beat if they misbehave? Is this actually misbehaving? They right, saw a giant poop. That's funny. <laughs> this, but this was defiant laughter. Oh right. So yeah, like he said, is that's a that's a sketchy term because anyone can say they're defiant. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And and he had um, he had engaged in a few defiant acts before his right. little satire magazine with the inappropriate um, pictures that he created. I could mm -hmm. see that he would be on a much shorter leash than anybody, but still, this seems a little bit over the line to me. And I want to know what this kid's up to now. Yeah, runs the onion. 
<laughs> it's just another example of the really unhealthy atmosphere at that school. For and sure. it's why it boggles my mind when Luke and Jen said in the first set of clips that they would do it all over again. That yeah. all of this awfulness was worth it for the experiences that they had at Jesus Creek. I just can't imagine that if they'd known any other way that they would have feel the same. I don't know. That seems crazy to me. Yeah, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. And the, um, the sort of the final answer we get on the super dookie is that it was a colostomy bag, which is also kind of a sad, yeah. unfortunate thing. You know, also- what are you going to do with it? Yeah, I mean, was it out of order? Because if you try to flush it, it doesn't go down? Or I would assume so. It was just the volume was big enough that the piping couldn't handle it. Oh, super dookie. <laughs> <laughs> I go from laughing, super dookie, ha mm-hmm. to oh, super dookie. <laughs> Oh, so, you know, um, at the Texas meetup, the Dallas meetup, Ashley brought the uh, poop emoji pillow <laughs> for Eddie the dog. Yes. And now I, I really want Meredith to name it Super Dookie. Oh, yeah, she must. <laughs> or Soup Stoops. <laughs> sure. We definitely have two of those poop emoji um, stuffed animals at our house. Why? Ellie loves them. Oh, my God. Smiling Pile of Poo is her favorite thing ever. Uh, oh, to be five. <laughs> she just used her um, allowance money to buy one that is per- blue and has a crown on it. Ooh. And she calls it King Poop. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Boy, you live an exciting life. <laughs> I'm going to try to get her to call it Super Dookie. Okay. All right. Should we move to the next one? Yes. Okay. Next, we have a couple clips um, from Andrew. Very sad, Mm -hmm. sad, sad Andrew stories. One from elementary and one from junior high, was it? Yeah, I think so. High school. Okay. So let's take a listen and then talk about how sad they are when we come back. I was thrown. We had a thing called, um, well, we had a jungle gym. We had a thing called the Jungle Gym. You can imagine it. Did you have a thing called the Shit Pit? <laughs> no, but the Jungle Gym was, uh, you know, like let's say an octagon or whatever. And, you know, you could go in the middle of it. It was a circle or an octagon yeah. or something. And um, what did they call it? The cage. They called it the cage. This is WWF Yeah, this time. was very WWF, very MME. Yeah, so they MMA, would throw rather. us in the cage. And one time um, they threw me in the cage – with and this is uh, I'm going to say weird guy from Goonies fourth or fifth grade. I, I remember they kept saying Baby Ruth. Um, <laughs> no, a girl. They threw me in with Dawn Jeffries because they thought that like, oh, this will be funny because Dawn was like a tough, tough kid and she could beat people up. And so they thought it'd be funny if they threw the fat kid in with Dawn Jeffries and see like this girl beat up this kid. But then as soon as I got in there, like everybody was just kind of like reaching through the cage, like screaming at me and stuff. And somebody grabbed my underwear and ripped it. And then the story from that point on was how Dawn Jeffries beat me up when really it was Russell who was like kind of giving me a huge wedgie through the cage. Horrible story. I would never tell it in public. Did you have to fight? Did you actually have to fight Dawn? I was mostly fighting the people through the cage. It it was like, it was like Like a, um, What's uh, what's the movie Beyond the Thunderdome? Thunderdome it was yeah. like Thunderdome. They were all like reaching through and oh like. Oh my god, that's me. awful! Yeah. It was pretty crappy. Yeah, that's okay. That's um, that's terrible. 
Really? See, I watched that a lot. That's the one that gave me the idea that I should take a bunch of my mom's vitamins to school and try and sell them like drugs. <laughs> I've told that story before, haven't I? It sounds familiar, but I think that, in trouble. that seems so unlike you. That seems like very much not the way that no. you react to information. That's exactly, it was exactly the type of, I just made so many bad decisions in, in um, grade school. And it wasn't like, oh, bad decisions, like he got into drugs or he smoked cigarettes or, you know, like whatever. Like the bad decisions I made were like a hundred percent nerdy but also 100 percent could get me in trouble and usually did and it was the type of thing that that's why i was always getting in trouble with both the adults in my life and the kids because the kids were like you're a loser and the parents were like why would you do that you're grounded or you get a detention or whatever in this case it was one of those like kind of ducky-esque characters that was on the original and you know how i've got this affinity towards ducky and um there's a ducky-esque character who always wore a kind of sported a, a hat like kind of a jaunty hat and yeah. that was that tells you enough about him and uh he was always kind of like the the whatever he was kind of I he, he was cool in my eyes he made a bunch of money by selling uh drugs but they were actually vitamins so i didn't try to sell them i just took a bag of my mom's like crazy colored vitamins <laughs> to school and tried to impress people with it like look at these crazy drugs so they were People's vitamins like, Those aren't not, drugs they weren't they weren't um like prescription uh, medication they were vitamins no they're just like over-the-counter vitamins but there were those kind of huge colorful ones and they look kind of intimidating and i just took a whole you know bunch of different kinds and then the kids looked at it they're like those aren't drugs you idiot you're not impressing us eighth grade was the worst year for me out of a lot of bad years eighth grade was the worst so i i threw the whole bag away in the garbage embarrassed and then somebody told on me and then like the teacher later on was kind of like he was like what is this and he was holding the bag of vitamins that i had thrown away First off, if you'd done that in this day and age, you would probably the school would be on lockdown. Mm-hmm. They'd be call they'd be bringing in the AMRAP and the modified grenade mm-hmm. launchers because that mm-hmm. would be a serious serious situation. And we don't really have time to digress on this today, uh, but uh I do think that there's so much stuff that was done when we were kids that uh would now be a federal case and wasn't mm-hmm. a federal case then. And I have to say it's it seemed like everything was – I mean, I know you were having a rough time with it, but more or less things were – seemed pretty safe to me. I didn't, I didn't think that the school was a, a more dangerous, more, you know, I don't know, well, whatever place, even though there was a lot of stuff going on, like kids bringing fake drugs and real drugs to school and mm-hmm. teachers – like what was the punishment for your fake drugs? I don't know. Yeah, I, I really don't recall. I mean, I think I think he did tell my You'd parents. You'd also eaten half so the bag. Like, so you, right, were so I was of, just... you were just hepped up on goofballs. Oh, I was so hepped up on vitamin C. Like, I was just kind of like, oh, my God, I'm (laughs) never going to get a cold. That's right. It was a crazy time. Okay. Again, I'm going to say junior high is the worst. Mm -hmm. So in eighth grade, is that what this is when they beat him up? I think that was a little bit earlier. I think that was third or fourth, he said. What kind of school has a cage in which they are... They know that kids get thrown in and then they rip his underwear. I want to yes. go back in time and beat all of these children. Where is the playground supervision? What is happening? This would never happen these days. Can you imagine? Nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's like Lord of the Flies. And this is the reason why I spent every recess in the library or reading mm-hmm. because of craziness like this. Why yep. didn't Andrew go to the library? I just want to go back in time and be friends with them. <laughs> I know. It, of all the the times that he's talked about 
the difficulties he had in, in childhood, all, all the fat Andy stories and the no friend Andy stories. This is the one that really got me, me because at the end of that clip, when he says, that's okay. And he just has that little hitch in his voice. It is so clear that it is not okay. Not okay. Yep. And Lucas said, oh, Andrew, in that way that I'm like, yeah. Luke, you have to comfort him. <laughs> this was, this was not hug. okay. No, it's not okay. And um, one thing I do have to say is I love when anyone, especially on podcasts, say the full names of people that are actual people. <laughs> It's yes. one of my favorite things. And I love that. he. Well, I mean, I don't love that he was, but he was thrown into this cage into, into the wrestling cage with Don Jeffries. Yeah. Don's on my list. She ripped his underwear. <laughs> he had to go the rest of the day like that. Mm. Oh, I need to know what this, I'm going to do some Facebook stalking. I need to know what this Don Jeffries, what her life is like now. I hope it's really bad. I hope it's bad. You can't mess with our friend Andy. No. I mean, as, as, I mean, I wouldn't say that I was an unpopular person. I wasn't particularly popular, especially in junior high, but elementary, I did okay. I mean, we were moving every couple of years. So I was constantly the new kid, but mm -hmm. I never experienced anything like that. Maybe it's oh, partly wow. because I was so big and yeah. there's less cachet in beating up a girl. But yeah, I also uh, think, this is another level. Yeah. I also think that. Kids are at that level that young kids are more forgiving and they're a little bit nicer. It's when those hormones start going that they become terrible. Yes. I was good until junior high and then a girl threatened to beat me up. Um, she was making fun of me. Uh, so I'm not, I'm terrible at math. And in math, I had to go up to the front of the room, which I think is, you should be able to opt out of because that's terrifying. Mm -hmm. Like right on the overhead projector, a math problem. And I was really nervous and I was probably shaking. And, um, a girl in the front row who was one of the popular rich girls, um, started making fun of me and I got really, really upset. And I, think I called her a bitch and then she's like I'm gonna have all my boyfriends beat you up and then they just like leered at me in the hallway and I think I said you have multiple boyfriends you must be really <laughs> proud of yourself or something and then like from then on there was like this clique of girls that terrorized me for the rest of their life you know who you are Erica Huguet <laughs> oh mm-hmm there's some people from my school that listen to the show and they'll know <laughs> They know she's terrible. <laughs> um, so I didn't come in for a lot of it, as I said, because of my size. But I do remember a time, I think it was ninth grade. And uh, I was in, God, it was like government or some um, sort of history, something class. I don't remember. But we were, I think the teacher was bored. So he was doing like a Jeopardy style game. And there was one question that I didn't know the answer to, but I kind of logic it out. I worked backwards and worked out what it was. And I was the only one who figured it out. So I gave the answer. And I was pretty proud of myself. And in that moment, um, Al McManus, yeah, I'll say his full name too. <laughs> Al McManus leaned up from behind me and said, I bet you think you're so smart, don't you, you fat cow? No. Yep. What was his name again? Al McManus. Real name, Alexis. He should not have been so cocky no. with the name Alexis as a guy. Oh. 
He was a jackass. He was he was rich and he was one of those guys who was mean, not because he was insecure and trying to make other people feel bad to make himself feel better. He was mean because he enjoyed it. Ugh. He was awful. What a jerk. Mm-hmm. What is he up to? Have we stalked him a little bit? No. I have no interest in getting even in internet proximity with that guy. I hate him. Him and Don are on my list. <laughs> yeah. Let's build this list. If anybody else has anybody that they want us to add to the list, let us know. Yes. <laughs> Let's have a bully list. I like it. Like uh, Steve Buscemi in that Billy Madison. Have you seen Oh, sure. That? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing. We're building a, a bully list. Excellent. So this is another project. (laughs) I love it. Um, Next, we have Andrew, the drug dealer. Um, (laughs) He sees on Degrassi Junior High or Degrassi High, one of those. Did you ever watch that show? I have some sort of faint knowledge of it. I must have seen some of it somewhere at some point, but I never watched it on a regular basis. I loved it. It was so great. Um, So I totally remember the episode. So one of the kids brings some vitamins to school and sells them for drugs and makes some money. So Andrew decides that he wants, to, he wants to do that, but not to sell them, maybe to like get some street street cred or something. Right. So he takes right. his mom's vitamin C <laughs> or vitamins to school. And then he freaks out and someone tattles on him, probably Don Jeffries. <laughs> but why do that? That's what I don't understand because they knew that it wasn't actual drugs. Yeah. Kids are just stupid. They're the worst. And I love, I love the line when he says, um, "I'm hyped up on vitamin C. Oh my god, I'm near getting a cold. Nearly getting a cold." So I love that. I want to know how many vitamins did his mom take? That there were multiple. Yeah, that he describes like a, a baggie full of different vitamins. Yeah, I mean she's. A better person than me. I can't remember to take vitamins, but I am anti-gummy vitamins. Yes, absolutely. I feel like you should not uh, equate vitamins with candy in kids' minds. No. And oh, adults, there's adult vitamins with those. Mm-hmm. I, I, there's I, one time I saw prenatal gummy vitamins and I said, no, if you are old enough to grow a child in you. <laughs> You are old enough to take an actual vitamin. Yes. When I was a kid, um, I got, well, everybody had Flintstones vitamins, Mm -hmm. but I had the Scooby-Doo version of that. Fancy. I know. And it was as close as my mom ever got to letting me have candy. And I'm such a sugar hound (laughs) that I used to go in there and sneak extra vitamins. (laughs) And I recently asked my mom, did you never get suspicions? suspicious that you had to buy a bottle of vitamins like every month and she, she was like no i'm like yeah because i was eating like half a dozen vitamins a day <laughs> oh man that's so funny i remember my sister used to this is even weirder like do you know the coating on advil kind of tastes like vanilla-y uh-huh i she mean i suck the coating of the advil and then put them back in the bottle <laughs> That's pretty weird. Yeah, that's a strange one. Yeah. <laughs> but so your mom didn't know you were eating only half an apple. Uh-huh. 
and that's back and in the six days vitamins. Apples weren't good either. Like you didn't have Mm-mm. the honey crisp and the pink ladies. You just had like that golden delicious. And they always got all brown always, by lunchtime. Yeah, they're always gross. So you're eating a mushy brown, tasteless apple. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Have you And told I was her that? getting A's, people. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever told your mom about the apples? No. Uh-uh. No. Nope. She I don't think I ever will. There's no reason. No. There's mm-hmm. no reason for it. She bad would feel bad. That. She already feels bad about um, putting me. She put me on my first diet when I was 12. And um, so that's where all my body image issues come yeah, from. Sure. And she feels super bad about that. So I never want to tell her about my uh, junior high and high school eating habits because I think she would feel yes, terrible. For sure. There's no reason for her to be sad about that. All right. Should we get to the last set of clips? Yes. We had a set of Andrew clips, and now we have a set of Luke clips. Uh, Some uh, unfortunate things that happened to him, both of which happened to involve clothing. So let's take a listen. You know what I think is amazing about Slash is that he has stuck with that hat and that hair. And it's back in style now. It has gone through. I mean, that it talk about picking a lane. I mean, that is what you're supposed to do because fashion being cyclical as it is, that was the most in style thing of all time. It was the most out of style thing of all time. And now I feel like it's kind of coming back in style. That's the stick to itiveness. Yeah. I think that really speaks well about him as a person. I know, but but then you think, you know, I could have done that in 1987 with stirrup pants. Uh, and yeah. that never would have come back for me. It did. You don't think, Robin, help her brother out. Stirrup pants are totally hot, right? Um, I I do think you, Jen picked been, the you, one thing that would will never ever, except maybe have, tight perm. Have you been to American Apparel? Do they oh, have stirrup that's pants? Right. Do they, I think they probably have? They're on clearance now because they're you know they're <laughs> I, like I so last it. year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, too if, hipster for. If me. you'd like to have an icky feeling sometime, ladies, like you had a tickle party that kind of got weird go to american apparel that's just that's something that you're that seeking so in your life crazy to me because the whole thing about stirrup pants is that it's hooked around your on around your heel mm-hmm. and so therefore it's actually pulling down at your bottom and so your bottom has this huge baggy diaper hanging but, under it well if they're cut wrong sure well, that there's can no happen. way for it to go differently because it's actually being pulled from under your heel it as keeps you walk the pants tightly associated with the shoe yeah. Did I tell you guys about the the I wore stirrup pants, stirrup jeans to the first day of seventh grade because I didn't know that was a girl no, only you thing. Didn't. This is the story that actually it was worth it in the end because this is what captured my girlfriend's heart because she saw this very sad, vulnerable seventh grade Luke Burbank who did not get so much of the new clothing. So I got these jeans that I thought were banging. <laughs> They wore stirrups, but I didn't think you could really tell. So I wore them, and then probably 10 years later at Northgate Mall, I ran into someone, and they said, were you the guy who wore stirrup jeans for the first day of seventh grade? So when you talk about stirrup jeans, just, you know, you're, you're hurting feelings. Yeah. Let's just move on. I still, think they looked, I still think they looked pretty good. This is a story near and dear to my heart because it happened to me. Uh I don't know. You remember this, or you probably don't remember it, but I, I know you are aware that I went to Nathan Hale High School for my senior year. Yeah. Um, because Jesus, our school closed down. Jesus Creek shut down due to an outbreak of teen pregnancy, of which I was party. <laughs> so they shut the school down. 
I, go I to, thought it was just God reaching down and saying, "Not in my name." Yeah, I mean, just smushed it. <laughs> I think it was a little, a little bit of both. So I transferred to this big public school, and that's a little intimidating, and you kind of want the kids there to like you. And could you? I mean, if you if you were to try to think, Jen, of them kind of like the worst things that could happen to you if you were, say, in the first two months of going to a new school where you wanted people to kind of like you? You might yeah. think, like, let's say that there's um, one of those spirit days, and maybe it's pajama day, mm-hmm. and maybe you're Luke. Mm-hmm. And maybe at the time, you also really like wearing boxer underwear. Oh. And what you don't realize is that the boxer underwear fly is not buttoned up. It just kind of, you know, it, it sort of opens and closes on its own, which is fine. No, that's if you're, the whole point of it. Right. If you're wearing jeans or something, it's fine. But if you're wearing pajama pants, which also the fly, Have a flap. the fly kind of can operate independently. Again, there's no zipper at any level, at any layer of this clothing I'm wearing or buttons. So it is now time for the senior class to run into the gym in their like spirit pajamas get up. I've now I said gone to the school for only maybe a month or two. We go tearing into the gym. I take three, maybe three steps in when I realize my penis is hanging out. <gasps> oh no. And flapping oh. as I'm running. <laughs> I like I like instead Instinctively, I've never moved so fast in my life. It was so, it was like I didn't even know that I had this in me to do this move this quickly and this effectively. But just in mid run, my arm just comes down, clamps down over the whole situation, <laughs> like just kind of like pulls my pants out so that they've now moved out past the whole situation. Pull my pants up. Now I've got kind of a front wedgie, but it's better than what was going on. And I just continue running out. And to this day, I'm just hoping there was so much – because there was like 50 of us. I am hoping right. there was so much going on that nobody saw it. But I remember even as it was happening thinking you couldn't design a worse thing to happen to a kid who's no. moved to a new school. You couldn't like – you could not draw up on paper a more embarrassing thing than your dong comes out in a, at a school assembly. Mm-hmm. I, I would I would encourage you with this. It is a, a teenager is incapable of holding back. Oh right. So, so had I, it, they would have had to have said, "I saw your penis." Yeah. They couldn't. It's not like they have um, self control. It's not like they have discretion or discernment. It's not like they're able to say that would right. be painful. I'm not going to say it. They don't right. have that yet. I would have heard about it had it been yes. noticed. Yes. And I don't know why it wouldn't be noticed. It's enormous. <laughs> well, but you are running in a large pack. That's oh, that must have been why. Yeah. So my point is, yet another reason not to wear pajamas in public. Right. You just learned that the hard way. Yeah. Christy, did you have stirrup pants? Oh, yes, of course. Did mm-hmm. you? I did, too. Mm-hmm. Well, they were, and like Jen said, they were terrible. They made yes, they were. Good poopy pants. You're always pulling them up. <laughs> it's, it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, stirrup pants and kids with no, sho- with no shoelaces. Oh, but- I didn't even have real kids. I think I had the Payless version or whatever mm-hmm. you got at Kmart. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ked yes. knockoffs. Mm-hmm. Tons mm. of yeah, tons of stirrup pants and then a little bit later on, hammer pants. Oh, seriously? You yeah. had those? Oh, of course. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> didn't you? 
No. <laughs> Once I stopped letting my mom buy my clothes, then I was out of unfortunate trends. I mean, my mom didn't try to be trendy and she was only accidentally trendy, like with the stirrup pants. Yeah. But I wasn't into that. And I think the only reason I remember the stirrup pants so well is because I had a pair that I would wear when I went to Weight Watchers when I was 15 because I felt like they were so much lighter. Oh, than for sure. Jeans, than jeans. Right. So when you got on the scale, That's that would help you. Pounds. Yep. <laughs> and so then I just had to wear the same pair every single week, you know, so that it was all measuring the same thing every time. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I wore those stirrup pants at, at least once a week for like 18 months. Oh my gosh. You still have them, right? Oh God, no. <laughs> no way. But you can get some more if you want them today. They are back. They talked about how they were, that's one style that's never coming back. But if you, if you Google them, you'll find them. Honest to God, what is behind that? I can't imagine. I I don't know. I have no idea. And they even had, when I was looking, they have stirrup pants for workout. That just sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> that seems like a, a way to get pantsed while you're working out. Yeah. Maybe if you're doing yoga? I don't even know. I, I don't know. But the important thing here is that Luke wore them on the first day yes. of seventh grade. <laughs> Because he didn't know they were for girls. And I started thinking about where he got them. Because he didn't have older sisters, so they couldn't have been hand-me-downs. So they had to be like a, a second-hand store, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But don't they still have second-hand stores grouped into women's clothes and men's clothes, right? Unless Susie bought it at one of those buy a bag. Oh, $5 for a whole bag thing? Yeah, so that's what I imagine. Because weren't they stirrup pants jeans? Uh, yes, I believe so. So I'm sure that there's just a pile of clothes that she got at the Goodwill or something. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, these jeans are look just like what all the cool kids are wearing. <laughs> Were they acid wash? <laughs> yeah. And his sisters are probably wearing stirrup pants. And what? I mean, I don't understand. We all wore them. So there has to be an appeal. But, you know, he's saying, oh, this this is what all the cool people are wearing. Mm-hmm. Wasn't he homeschooled in sixth grade? I thought, it, yeah, I think it was random. Yeah. But I thought he said it was for at least part of sixth grade. So maybe he had been away from the, the social scene for a while and he didn't realize that they were just for girls. For sure. But, oh man. <laughs> and, the, and the fact that someone brought it up later. Aren't you the kid that wore stirrup pants? Oh, no. (laughs) And that's so sad because I'm sure as soon as he figured it out, which was probably the after the first day he wore it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) he was so mortified that he hoped no one ever saw it again, Mm -hmm. which is something that we hear about in the next clip. Um, Where when embarrassing things happen, you just hope no one saw it. You right. just want to go in a box and then why bring it up? Because you're so paranoid about it. You just have to know one way or the other. Yeah. I guess so. Oh, 
Poor Luke. But I, and, I you think know, that Jen's point is really good, though, that if someone had seen something, there's no way it would not have circulated the school. The wiener one? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That would have been in high school that that gets circulated. Yeah. There, yeah. there are stories about um, him and his wiener, what he was doing with it before <laughs> they ran out. There's drawings of it. Um, potentially someone took a picture mm. one of those disposable cameras that everyone had. Like, no one saw it. But, okay. He needed to do a run-through, a dry run with that situation. <laughs> right? You have to clip that up or something. This is why pajama day is a terrible idea. Yeah, yeah, you can't take shortcuts. No. When it comes to this stuff. But I feel like being the oldest child anyways, you're kind of the guinea pig for all this stuff Mm -hmm. to happen. Mm -hmm. Now, after this happened, if Luke, any of his brothers were having pajama day, I'm sure that he told him, lock it up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Make sure the mouse doesn't get out of the house. Yeah. Did you ever do any of that? Um, senior class stuff? You didn't. If you were reading books in the library, you weren't <laughs> running into the gym screaming with the senior class. No. So I weirdly wanted to be a cheerleader because I had a lot of spirit and I really wanted to know, like, being there and I knew a lot about football so I went to every one of the games um, but I am also scared of rejection and also don't like being up in front of people so that's like a really weird thing place yeah, that is be. a problem but I would get so angry when the when the cheerleaders were doing the wrong cheers and I'd be like hey someone's down on the field how about you shut up or stop doing first and ten let's do it again because that's not happening right now <laughs> so I would in the stands start my start cheers all the time. Like I and then the cheerleaders would like, oh, yeah, that's what we should be doing. And then start up and doing their own thing. So I would say I was weirdly like hated school and hated everyone there, but also had like a weird, tiny string of school spirit. (laughs) That makes no sense. (laughs) That makes you wonderfully unique. I guess. Yeah, that's what you can say. (laughs) How about you? Did you participate in these spirit things? No. I feel like after a while, I tried to get out of as many of them as I possibly mm-hmm. could. I mean, uh, my friends were, a lot of them were the AV geeks. Oh, nice. I was not an AV geek myself because I was a choir and drama person, but I was, you know, geek adjacent in that way. And yep. so they all all used to hang out in the AV room and then I would stay in there with them sometimes so I didn't have to go and do all that stuff. Nice. I'm just not very good with school spirit. I don't understand. Yeah, especially when I hated all of the people that were participating in the sports Mm -hmm. and everyone was like really mean to me. (laughs) I don't, it doesn't make sense that I was like really excited about uh, football? Maybe it's just because I liked football. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's totally the sport aspect maybe. of it. Maybe. Cool. Um, I I really wish Running Start had been officially a thing like it is now because I would have thrived in that situation. 
Mm, so that's the one where you take college classes, right? Yeah. So people are graduating with their AA and their high school diploma at the same time, and it's all paid mm-hmm. for. Yeah, I did something uh, similar to that. I didn't do two years. I just did my senior year where I went to college. And uh, they don't call it something cute like running start, though. It's called uh, (laughs) post-secondary enrollment options or something weird like that. But yeah, I did it. So I went into college um, as a sophomore. So that would have been nice and saved me so much money. (laughs) Yeah, I. you know, I... I didn't like it, though, because I didn't get a choice. When my parents found out that they could send me to college for a year for free, they said, you're doing it. And I said, but I would kind of like to graduate with my friends and, you know, be a senior in the choir. That's when you start to get the solos and be in the drama program. And they're like, no. Oh, so you don't get to do it both. Here you get to do both. You could. It's just that, um, like the drama program, the rehearsals for plays started at 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. and there was no way that I could make it from my last class all the way over to the high school by the time rehearsal started. So I couldn't do that. And I couldn't be in choir because, you know, it was during the middle of the day and I had class at the middle of the day. And also the school that I went to, the university, um, was a fairly conservative Baptist college. Oh, okay. And not because we're Baptist, but because that was the one that offered it. I think it's the University of Minnesota and then this other place called Bethel University, which is a nice little school. It's just religious. They were the only ones that would let you do a full load. All the other colleges Mm. would let you take a couple of classes. But if you wanted to do a full school year, it was either go to the gigantic University of Minnesota or go to this little Christian school. And it was one of those where it was no dancing kind of strict. And they had chapel every morning at like, I don't know, 930 to 10. And it was not compulsory, but I didn't go. And I actually got called out on it by some other students one time. Like, why aren't you going to chapel? And I'm like, because I don't want to go. Yeah. So that was sort of weird to be in that like super conservative Christian environment for that. I wasn't very thrilled about that. Oh, no. Like you didn't fit there and you didn't fit back at high school. Mm -mm. Oh, that's terrible. And I ended up doing all four years at college anyway. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I had a lot of majors. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So do we have anything else that we need to say about school days or have we covered it pretty thoroughly? I think we're good. I think the moral of the story is that school kind of sucked for everyone. It does. Everybody has their own things that they're dealing with. And we have now have a bully list. So (laughs) go ahead and submit your bullies. Yep. We'll put them on the list. I don't know what we're going to do with the list. (laughs) We'll call it like the Steve Buscemi lipstick list or something. So let's move on to a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, Do we have an archive update? We gave a pretty good one in the last couple of weeks. I don't know if there have been significant developments. There hasn't been any changes, but um, people have been reaching out and saying that they either want to help or are getting their weeks done. So thank you to everybody. And we still have lots more that can be assigned Mm -hmm. if you'd like to join. My uh, archiving output has plummeted since I started working on LRB. <laughs> oh, I know, Anne. 
I've noticed. I keep I keep trying, but there's so much to do. I know you've done so awesome with these clip shows, though that it's it's so it's so great. But also, it's the archive at work. Really, yes, it is absolutely. I love it. Uh, also. As everybody knows by now, we have stickers. We have uh, an Amazon portal where you can uh, buy all kinds of fun things. On the last recap show, Bobby highlighted a few of the more interesting items that were bought. And I think that we'll keep (laughs) doing that in the future because that's fun to see what people buy. And remember, we have no idea who buys what. We just get to see what the item was. And we have a donate button on the website if you would like to get us out of a couple jams. And um, Christy, why don't you tell us about the Best of Western Washington contest? Okay. Yes. So this year, again, um, the Best of Western Washington, if you live here or have listened to TBTL at all um, for the last couple years, we have this contest around here where you can vote for your favorite bakery or your favorite newscaster. And um, we got in the top five last year. I think we got third second or third and so i would love for us to maintain in the top five so um we are already nominated and the contest actually starts september 19th through october 30th and um the grand prize is going to be a car which that's awesome you vote for us now we don't get the car right we don't i mean unless we vote for ourselves because we will i suppose and they have um, just for people that have done it in the past, it is less annoying this year, they assure us, because you can vote mobily where in the past it's been really difficult to do that. And there's less sign up. So everyone who's bored, just keep voting for us. And <laughs> we will be in the top five, hopefully. Yeah, I would like to get to a point where people are like, wait, what podcast? <laughs> what? We need to listen to this. And there's what I'm most excited about is this is the first time they've ever done that. They usually just mail a certificate to the number one. And mm-hmm. this year they say that there's going to be a party for all the top five winners in each category. And I really want to go to that party. <laughs> and if that happens, then all the LRB people should come. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <Yeah. laughs> You just keep saying that. (laughs) I know I do, don't I? (laughs) If you would like to get involved with the show, uh, you all know our website by now, littleredbandwagon.com. You know, that's a good place where you can see the show pictures if you don't, um, if you just get it into your feed and you don't, because we try hard to get some good show pictures for the episodes. Um, You can see us on Facebook, on the Stens page or our page. You can uh, tweet at us at LRB Podcast. You can email us, littleredbandwagon at gmail.com, or you can send us a voicemail or text at 802-432-TBTL, 802-432-8285. Christy, this was a good one. It was so good. I think we had fun. I think there were some good clips in there. Yeah. Might not like it, but I don't care. If everybody else didn't have fun, then don't tell us. Right. (laughs) Just vote for us and don't tell us. We don't need to hear it. (laughs) So um, why don't you get us out of here? All right. Until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jen. Keep standing up and fighting the good fights.
Nailed it, motherfuckers.